Think of these quick tip episodes like a cold water swim. In just a few minutes, you can get some amazing benefits to support you on your speaking journey. And bonus, the only thing that's getting wet here is your appetite to try this stuff out. And if you have a question you want me to answer about anything related to speaking, storytelling, pitching, performance or humour, then DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter at SarahArcher15. Hello and welcome to another quick tip episode. How was your January? Have you found it hard to get back in the groove or were you on fire? I've had ebbs and flows to be honest, but I'll tell you what, we have got some big plans for this year for a few new things which people have been asking for and which are really exciting and energising for me. And I'll be sharing about those things in the coming months. So watch this space. But let's stick with today. And before I go into the meat and potatoes of the show, it's funny me saying that because I'm actually a vegan. Well, I'm a seagan. So like I eat fish, but I don't eat dairy and I don't eat meat, which is quite annoying for a lot of people I know. Anyway, sidetrack there. I, but what I wanted to do before we get into the meat and potatoes, the corn and potatoes, the the tofu and potatoes, I wanted to give you a bit of context around this show. So I might have mentioned on the show before, I don't know, that I've started doing a follow-up call with people who are my ideal clients after they begin working with me. And the aim of that call is to see how our marketing messages have landed with them what the primary driver was for them taking action, why they chose to work with me, and if anything made them hesitate before joining the programme. And what's been fascinating is that I'm hearing a similar thing over and over again. And because it seems like a big factor in people choosing to work with me, and I've also heard it from people who've booked me to speak, I thought I might share it with you in case it's useful. Okay, so here is what they keep saying. You showed me your authority without shoving it in my face. You speak without being showy. You teach like a wise old friend. Not sure I'm happy about the old bit in that last one. Anyway, hope you get the gist. People are saying that they're attracted to working with me because when I speak, I show that I can deliver the goods without being overly salesy or showy. In other words, I'm natural and authentic. I don't go into presentation mode when I speak. I don't pretend to be something I'm not. I've got a quiet confidence that shines through. And someone I spoke to recently said that that's what they wanted to be like when they spoke. So, just in case... That's something that resonates with you and you want to be able to be more you and less like a robot or a showboater when you speak, then I'm going to try and break down for you how I think I got here. But first, let's get on the same page with the word authority. This is about being able to influence others because of your recognised knowledge about something. And for me as a speaker and a coach, it's critical to have this both in order to get on stage and attract clients, but also to get them to listen and to take action. 
okay, having shared that understanding, uh, so we're on the same page, let's move on. So I spent some time reflecting on my journey over the past 14 years to analyze what I believe are the ingredients that create that experience and feeling of authority for my audiences, be they one-to-one or one-to-many. I came up with six ingredients and I'm going to walk you through each one of those right now. Okay, so let's start with the first one. And that's what I call an audience first philosophy. This is super important to me. It underpins everything I do and it shows up in the form of two questions. The first question I always ask whatever I'm doing, whether it's a talk, whether it's speaking one to one with someone, whether it's a show that I'm writing or directing or performing in. And it's this. Is this going to connect with the audience? Followed by the next question, if I say this, what will they be thinking and feeling about that? I remember years ago co-directing a play and it's tough to do that unless you and the other director have the same vision. And if you don't, that's when the term artistic differences really comes alive. And for this play, the other director and I had very different visions and I felt that they kept on adding in superfluous movements and set and props to show off how out there they were, Um, you know, how edgy, not because they would give the audience a better experience, but because they thought it would make them look radical and cool. It felt like it was all about how they're going to be perceived through the work rather than thinking about what the audience wants and needs first. And I see a lot of speakers fall into the same trap with their speaking. You know, thinking about what they want to share rather than what the audience needs to hear, wants to hear in order for their message to land. That's why this philosophy is so important and why I suggest you've got to be asking these questions and keeping your audience front of mind at each stage of the content creation process. And of course, when you step on stage two to present that message. Something to mention here about being on stage is this. When you're on stage, you've got to be present. You've got to be with the audience. That doesn't mean looking at the faces uh, of the people and second guessing what they're thinking. It means feeling the energy in the room to know where they are and where you need to take them next. In preparing your talk or webinar or pitch or any communication, really, I believe you've got to be considering where people are, what's going to put them at ease, what will get their attention and what will get them into action. An audience first philosophy also means putting you second and actually by doing that it frees you up to stop worrying about what people might be thinking of you and puts you and everything you do in service of your message landing with the audience it is freeing when you do that once you realize it's not about you it's about them And I know I've mentioned this before as a way to counter anxiety, to pull yourself out of the way so that you don't get in your head and you do get into your heart. 
The second ingredient is confidence in my expertise. And I guess this is something that develops once your thinking becomes clear about your method, when you've applied it to yourself and got results, and it absolutely skyrockets when you've applied the teaching to someone else and they've got results too. I'm not sure this is something that you should shortcut, but what I would say is that there are actually a lot of people out there, especially women, who are second-guessing their expertise rather than stepping into their power. If something has worked for you and worked for others, then it is absolutely worth sharing. You don't necessarily have to have had hundreds of clients, but just enough so that you have strong social proof for you and your mind to be satisfied although I think the mind sometimes is never satisfied because stepping out in front of an audience or having one-to-one conversations is putting you at risk as far as your mind perceives it. But that's a whole other podcast. But enough so that you can step into that confidence about what you're sharing, okay? Right, the third ingredient is self-awareness. What does self-awareness mean to me and you? well, I'm going to define it. It's just so that we're on the same page. For me, it's that ability to see yourself as others see you. Kind of like how you come across, where your strengths are and the areas you might need to work on. And over the years, I've done so many different types of psychometric tests, personality tests as part of my corporate job that I have a good feel for where those things are in my personality. But In the last 12 months, I've discovered something that goes a lot deeper than those tests. And it's something called human design. And it's a new thing. And it works on your birth date, your location, time of birth and so on. And it gives you a detailed breakdown of your innate traits and gifts, how you operate best, how best to communicate with others. And what I found in my human design is that I'm what's known as a projector. And I discovered that as a projector, I can be so passionate about things and helping people that I sort of blur everything out and don't first stop to consider whether they want to be helped. So in order to be most effective in my communication, I have to wait to be asked Uh, for help. And I've really focused on stepping back and waiting rather than just rushing in and overwhelming people. And it's really made a difference in the way that I feel and how I'm perceived, particularly in one-to-one conversations, this one. And if you're interested in getting your human design chart, then I've put a link in the show notes where you can pick one of these up for free. It's I think it doesn't have everything, but it'll give you some great insight and a good starting point. The other dimension of self-awareness that's crucial for you as a speaker is this. Being aware how you're coming across to your audience. I'm, I'm not talking about getting hung up on ticks, fluffing lines or filler words. But what I mean is understanding how you are coming across in terms of your delivery, that's the pitch, the pace, the tone, the body language, your energy, all of that good stuff. 
And having an external eye on this really helps too. For example, one of my clients at the moment is amazing. She's so full of energy that she reminds me a lot of Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. But what's been interesting to see in working with her on her talk is that when she starts second guessing herself and worrying about what the audience is thinking about her, that Tigger quality gets amplified and it can be overwhelming and distracting. So we've had to rein that in and work on what's causing those moments of doubt in those parts of her talk because they will undermine her message. So we've got to sort it out. So just make sure that you know how you're coming across. Okay, next ingredient uh, that I want to share is congruence on stage and off. And there are a lot of people who I've seen completely change their personality as a speaker. I remember when Gary Vaynerchuk became big. I don't know if you noticed this too. All of a sudden, there were a whole host of people who started using swear words when they spoke that hadn't done it before. And it felt uncomfortable, not because they were swearing, but because it didn't feel authentic or natural. And to me, it's so vital, both as a speaker and as an expert or coach, that people feel like what they bought is what they're going to get. And if there's a disconnect, they'll start having doubts. The trust will start to erode. So my advice is be yourself when you're speaking, whether that's one-to-one or one-to-many. Now, you might be thinking, Sarah, you've said before that we need to perform. And that's true. When you're on stage, you do need to increase your energy. And there is a performance aspect to your delivery, but it's still you. And it shouldn't be so fundamentally different to how you are off stage that people feel wrong-footed. So stay true to you. You do you. Okay, the last but one of the most important ingredients for showing people your authority without shoving it in their face is being able to make things simple, relatable and conversational. You've heard me bang on loads about this on the show. It's my belief that you're not an expert unless you can make things simple. As a speaker and a coach, you need to be able to break complex concepts down into relatable ideas. And that's where metaphors and analogies and stories come in useful. It is also about being present again with your audience, especially in one-to-one situations where you're listening to what the other person is saying and picking out how best to communicate with them based on the clues that you're picking up from their language. And if you're into NLP like I am, then you'll know that people use words that indicate what their preference is, whether that's like audio, visual or kinesthetic. So um, they see things or they hear things or they feel things. And you can make, you know, what you're saying even more relatable to them by using that dominant preference in one-to-one communications or making sure as a speaker that you mix things up so that you are connecting with as many people as possible. And one of the tests 
that I get my clients to do, and you have heard me talk about this too uh, on the podcast, is that you should be able to explain what you do in a way that a five-year-old or your granny can understand. And, you know, that's something I think is fundamental. If, if you can't sort of break down what you do into something that's simple and easy to understand and also memorable, then it's going to be really tough for you to move things forward. And finally, the last ingredient to showing people your authority without shoving it in their face is to build bridges, not barriers. And there's a few things that I want to mention here. First of all, it's important that you aren't coming across in your talk as preachy or judgy. I've seen a lot of speakers fall into this trap when they're speaking about issues like the environmental challenge or veganism or, or even sales. What you want to be doing is trying always to be with your audience. See things from their perspective so that you can find a way to connect with them where they are and gently change that perspective to see things differently. And I often talk about provoking your audience and it's good to do this to grab their attention. But if you do do this, you a have to be able to do it in a way that, like I said, is not preachy or judgy. But if you do it and you sort of push them away from you by being provocative, you've got to be able to bring them back to you afterwards. And I've done a whole podcast episode on this, which you might want to check out. It's called uh, episode uh, it's 268 and it's called Increasing Your Speaking Impact by Creating a Push and Pull Talk. And I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. So the other thing to say on this is that I want you to, and this is what I try and do, identify common ground and values with your audience and then use those to connect and make your stories, metaphors and examples more relatable to them. And a last point on this is never use a lectern if you can help it. You don't want anything becoming a barrier between you and the audience. So by doing some of these things, we can inadvertently create physical and psychological barriers. And we need to be mindful of this because our aim as a speaker is to build the relationship with the audience, encourage them to trust us so that we can bring them into our world and get them into action. There you go. These are the six things that I think I do to show authority without shoving it in people's faces. And so let's just have a quick recap. Started off with an audience first philosophy. Those two questions is this going to connect with them? And if I do and say that, what's going to happen next? What are they going to be thinking and feeling at that point? Second, having confidence in my expertise. I'm secure in my message and my method, and I know that it works. Third is self-awareness. And you can get some great insight from human design, but basically it's knowing how you come across and making sure there's nothing that you're doing that's going to get in the way of getting your message to these people and connecting with them. Next one is congruence on and off stage. So making sure that you stay true to you and your personality and come across as authentically as possible on stage and off. Next one is the ability to make things simple 
relatable and conversational so that your audience easily understands what you're talking about, can stay with you, and you're not inadvertently pushing them away by being the expert. And then finally, building bridges, not barriers. So that's looking at everything you're doing and making sure that you're with your audience, not above them, not superior to them, standing side by side with them and guiding them gently to see things from a new perspective. Okay, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you found this useful. And if so, do you know what? I'd be so grateful if you'd take a couple of minutes to leave an honest rating or review over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. All that's left for me to do is say thanks again for choosing The Speaking Club to listen to. And if you're on LinkedIn or Instagram, then do connect and say hi. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye bye. It's a nightmare. You're an expert with so much to say. But now that you've been booked to speak, you're struggling to know exactly what to talk about. You want a talk that engages the audience and wins you new clients without you losing your personality or anyone feeling pitched to. But what happens when you sit down to create that talk is that you end up staring at a blank page for ages or worse, surrounded by hundreds of sticky notes with content that you could include. With so much material, you just don't know where to start or finish. Don't worry because many experts like you face exactly the same challenge. And that's why I created the Blank Page to Stage Guide. In just 50 minutes, this breakthrough resource is going to help you identify the big idea of your message, make it relatable for the audience that you're speaking to, and convey it all in a way that gets the audience inspired and on board with your idea. And it works even if you have tons of material or your subject feels less than exciting. If you want to cut through swathes of content and get a talk that you're excited to share, your audience loves and wins you new clients, then grab your blank page to stage guide from saraharcher.co.uk slash new guide hyphen TSC. Oh, I forgot to say, it's completely free. Enjoy. <laughs>